Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast, friends. Last time on the podcast, we talked about why Christians would want to see a counselor or what's keeping Christians from getting mental health treatment. So today, now that I'm sure I've convinced you that if you're a Christian, you probably need to see a therapist, I want to talk about how do you find a therapist? In particular, how do you find a Christian therapist? So as we get started, there's a few things we need to consider. Therapy you will need to pay for either through insurance or through your own cash money. So if you're going to be using an insurance, things are a little bit different than if you're paying out of pocket. So I'm going to talk about insurance first. When you are using insurance for therapy, you are using your medical insurance or your health insurance that you've gotten through your job or through the state or uh, through your parents or spouse. So this is health insurance or medical insurance. It's used to pay for medical problems or health problems. So when you're using it to pay for therapy, you have to actually prove that you're using it for a health problem. That means when you go to therapy, you will get a diagnosis. Now, most of the diagnoses that a lot of therapists use will be pretty simple, depression, anxiety disorders, mood disorders, and then something that's called adjustment disorder. So it's not too scary to be diagnosed, especially if some of the issues that you're having that bring you to therapy are not really major issues your therapist might use that adjustment disorder that just says something's happened in your life and you're having trouble adjusting to it, which I've joked with other therapists this year in the 2020-2021 pandemic season that all of us have adjustment disorders because there's been so many things that we've had to adjust to this year and it's been really hard for all of us. So, If you are going to use your health insurance, your therapist may choose to do a couple of assessments at the beginning just to see if you have any depression or anxiety symptoms, or if you have trauma that might qualify for uh, a post-traumatic stress or something like that. You will be able to prove that you have that little code to put on your insurance billing and you get your, your therapy paid for. So in the next a podcast episode, we're actually going to be talking about some of those common diagnoses that we use when we're in therapy, um, just to take some of the stigma or to de- demystify what it means to have major depression or generalized anxiety or some of those common diagnoses. So stay tuned next time for that episode. Um, for today, Um, If you are using insurance, what you will want to do is either call your insurance company 
or go onto their member portal where you can pull up a list of therapists in your area that are covered by your insurance plan. Now, one of the problems with pulling up the list or having them email or fax you the list is that it's just black and white. It's a list of names with phone numbers and addresses and sometimes the credentials of those people. When you see that list of names, you don't know anything about those people and if they're going to be a good fit for you. So what I encourage you to do is take the list because now your insurance has agreed that it's those people are covered for you and then start Googling them. You can see if they have a website or if they have a profile up on a therapy directory or um, sometimes there's even ratings out there and you'll get to see a little bit more of their style and their personality and what their qualifications are. That will be a good way for you to start narrowing down the list to see who you want to call. I also want to mention that some of you might have EAP or Employee Assistant Programs which are offered through your employment. And a lot of bigger companies, school districts, hospitals, uh, those types of employers will offer this to their employees because they realize that when you're not stressed and when you have your relationship issues figured out and and all of that, that you actually are more productive, um, trustworthy, happy employees. So they are willing to cover counseling for a limited number of sessions. What you usually do for that, your human resources will provide you with a phone number where you can call the EAP program and you can ask for a list of therapists and these people will be pre-approved for you. And they usually have a limited number of sessions that your employer pays for and they will um, not ask any questions. Your employer does not even know that you use these sessions, so don't worry about any kind of confidentiality with that. Um, It's a separate number that you call from your human resources, so your employer never knows uh, that you're going to counseling if that was something that you were worried about. It's all confidential. You don't need a diagnosis, and there is no copay. So usually uh, I've seen... Uh, from three up to maybe 10 or 12 sessions offered, typically more like three or five or six are offered through your EAP. And your employer has prepaid for them, but they don't know when you use them. And so it's a really good way to just kind of get started in therapy without having any kind of financial investment for yourself. Now, whether you are using one of these insurance EAP um, methods, or you're actually going to pay out of pocket for your therapy, what you're going to want to do is look online to see what these therapists are like. Now, there are several platforms that work as directories for therapists. These are all um, systems where the therapist has to pay to have their name listed, and then they get to share a little profile about themselves, and then it helps clients find them. So they're are Therapy Den, Therapy for Black Girls, Therapy Tribe, Christian Counselor Directory. These all function in pretty much the same way. But the biggest one and the one with the best results tends to be psychologytoday.com. Now, Psychology Today has the best search engine optimization or SEO of any other um, site that I've ever seen. Because if you type in 
a counselor in my area or therapist near me, probably the first couple of results that come up are going to be profiles from the Psychology Today website. So it's a good good way to know uh, about your therapist. So go ahead and click on those links and you can see um, some of the therapists that are near you or go uh, directly to psychologytoday.com and you'll see a box. It's either in the upper right or sometimes in the center where it says find a therapist. You type in your zip code. Once you've typed in your zip code, it brings up a list and it's probably going to be pages and pages of therapists with their pictures and their profiles. Now, what you'll probably want to do is use the filter option. Once you filter based on your criteria, it will narrow down the list for you. Now, for me, I would probably want to filter, after I have my zip code in there, I'm also going to filter that maybe I want to see a female therapist, that I want it to be somebody of a Christian faith, and that I want them to take my insurance. Maybe I might also want to check telehealth if I want to do online sessions. And so now this gives me the short list of people that meet my criteria. Once I've found my list, I can look at their profiles, I can see their pictures, I can see a little blurb that they've written about themselves, so I can kind of get to know their voice and their style. And I can also make sure that they uh, take my insurance, that they profess a Christian belief, and things like that. So after I find my short list on psychology today, sometimes I don't really feel like I actually know that much about them and I want to Google them again to see if they have a website. Some of these directories will actually link to the therapist's website so you can learn more, but um, not every therapist does have a website. I do think it's important in 2021 that therapists have websites so our clients can kind of figure us out and figure find, have an easier way to get into therapy. Um, and you, once you go to that therapist's website, if they have one, you'll get to know a little bit more of their personality based on the look and feel of the website, the language that they use, and some of the details that they offer about things like scheduling and payment. And um, they might be able to tell you a little bit more about whether they integrate faith with their counseling. So it's always good to check them out online. Don't forget that using an online directory or Googling for therapists in your area is not the only way to find a therapist. In fact, people you know might be seeing a therapist that they like, and it just takes a little bit of asking to find one. In fact, people in your small group or people on your kid's soccer team or people at your workplace might know of a good therapist. And an in-person referral not only helps you know that that therapist is not a total weirdo, but it, it also makes it more likely that you're going to be um, taken on by the therapist because when it comes from a direct referral, therapists work I think a little bit harder to make sure that they have availability for word of mouth referrals. Another thing to consider is that you may be in a local uh, Facebook group that could be a resource for finding your therapist. One client of mine recently told me that her church had a group for women online 
And she didn't want to let anyone know that she was looking for a therapist because of her position in the church or or her own privacy reasons. But she went onto the group in Facebook and entered the search term counselor, counseling, therapy, therapist, something like that, and found that several people in the group had recommendations for therapists that they've seen. And so when she saw my name pop up more than once, she called me and that's how she became my client. So it's okay to use your other online resources or your in-person resources to find a therapist. And those are definitely people that you will more likely be able to trust because the people you know have seen them. So that's another way of finding a therapist. Once you've done that and you have your short list, it's time to start contacting them. Now, I have to tell you, during pandemic right now, most therapists are very overwhelmed and overbooked. It's gotten to the point now, 14 months into pandemic, that a lot of people are figuring out that they need that extra support and help. And so the therapy waiting lists are long right now. If you think you found the perfect person, make sure that you have a backup person that you can call. In fact, I would try to call probably five or 10 different people. If you don't have success getting a call back from the first person, know that 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 therapist is not trying to be rude to you or to reject you. That therapist is probably feeling very overwhelmed by the amount of need right now. So You can wait to see if you get a call back, but it's also a good idea if an email or a contact page is available to send an electronic message because if a therapist is like me, I'm seeing clients all day and I'm raising kids. So once I'm done seeing my clients, I may not have time away from my kids to have a nice quiet phone call. So I encourage people to email me because I can sneak in an email here and there to respond with my availability and then maybe set up a phone call for another time when I'm free. So if you haven't gotten a response with your phone call, just go ahead and see if you can email that therapist and you might get a quicker response. Now, once you finally do make contact with that person, I would ask a lot of questions. The therapist is probably going to be asking you questions because that therapist also wants to figure out if you are somebody that he or she can work with. They're going to want to know about your schedule and about your payment or insurance and also about the issue that brings you into therapy because they want to make sure before taking you on that you're actually going to be somebody that they can help, that your need fits their specialty. But I also want you to think about this kind of like when you're in a job interview, you want the the company to hire you, but you you also want to make sure that it's a company that you want to work for. So you need to ask questions. You can ask questions of the therapist about their background and training, education. Um, therapists will probably not tell you all about their personal beliefs on the phone, but I have to tell you if a client asks me, are you a Christian therapist? I would say, yes, I go to church, I read my Bible, I believe in Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I would say those things to a client. So if you are looking for a Christian therapist and those are important questions for you, then go ahead and ask them. And if the therapist is 
truly somebody that's comfortable with discussing faith, they'll have language that they're able to share with you. If they say something like, I see clients of all faiths, um, and I'm I'm happy to honor your faith, they may or may not actually be a Christian therapist. And so you may need to ask some more questions about that. One thing to keep in mind here is that there are regional differences in our country when it comes to Christian counseling versus secular counseling. I've heard from people in my Facebook groups and other therapists that if you live in the Bible Belt or parts of the South, that it's actually harder to find a secular therapist, and most of the therapists operate from a faith perspective. I don't know if that's anecdotally true or actually statistically true, but it's far more likely that you're going to find a Christian therapist in certain parts of the country than, uh, say, for example, in Portland or Los Angeles or some of the more liberal, bigger cities here on the West Coast. So just keep that in mind that your region may uh, determine your results on this search. I want to make sure that you understand about online counseling and how that really opens up your pool of prospective therapists. Once you've decided and you've made contact with your therapist and you've set up the first sessions, unless your therapist does something really uh, ethically wrong or flaky, it's a good idea to give it a few sessions to decide if it's going to be a good fit. I think that you can probably tell within the first three sessions if it's going to work. But if you've only gone to one session, you don't have a good idea of how therapy is going to go because um, your therapist has a lot of paperwork to get through. You are feeling nervous and you're unburdening this whole story that you came into. And it's not really a good uh, assessment of how the uh therapy relationship is going to go. So I encourage you to give it a few sessions. But if after that time you feel like this is not a good fit and I'm not getting what I need out of this, it's okay for you to move on. It's okay to fire your therapist. In fact, I have a blog over at soulgritresources.com that talks about how to fire your therapist. And then you can move on and go back to square one with your list and see if there's somebody else in your area that's going to be a good fit for you. Now, I want to make sure you understand about online counseling right now, because this really opens up the pool of potential therapists for you. Back in March of 2020, most therapists went online because of the CDC guidelines and we, you know, still had to work. We did not want to abandon our clients by suddenly shutting down while you're in the middle of processing difficult emotions. So most of us went online, although some people did choose to stay in the office and wear masks. But um, people like me, I didn't feel like wearing a mask and being able to observe your facial expressions was really going to work for therapy. So I chose to go online as well as, you know, having kids at home. A lot of us had to come home just because um, there was no school. (laughs) So when therapy started online in March, some of us thought, well, this is kind of a second best. Like the best would really be to be in person with our clients. 
But what I discovered after just a few weeks was that people still made progress. People still got healing. People did really well on online counseling. And what it also did is it opened me up to see people who are not in my area. And it was more convenient for people who are in the area, but maybe have small kids at home or maybe have a tight work schedule. So now I'm seeing people from all over California because I don't need them to be right here in my community. So when you are looking for your therapist, yes, you may want to be able to go sit on a couch, but if that's not available in your community, go ahead and check that box. It's on Psychology Today or the other uh, platforms. You can say telehealth or online counseling, and that will open up your search to other people who are licensed in your state or jurisdiction. Once you've done that, you have a much larger pool of people that might fit your personality, your schedule, your payment options, your uh, needs for therapy. So make sure you give that a try. Before we wrap up today, I want to talk specifically to pastors and Christian therapists. Okay, if you're not a pastor or a Christian therapist, you can still listen in because I need you too. Pastors, you are the front line for people who are struggling with relationship problems and emotional problems. They're going to come to you and they're going to need your help. But it's not always something that really fits within your uh, time. You have a busy schedule. You can't keep meeting week after week with people who need counseling, or sometimes their issues are more severe than what's appropriate for you to to deal with in the church office. So I'm encouraging you right now to spend some time networking with Christian therapists in your area. Even if you just find one Christian therapist, in fact, that person might even attend your church, you can ask that person to create a list of referrals for you. These would be people that you can trust, that have Christian beliefs, and that you can refer your congregation to when they come to you for help that you can't provide. Now, Christian therapists, if you attend a church and your pastor doesn't have a list like this, this would be an excellent opportunity for you to serve in a unique way. You have a referral network because you're required to ethically be able to refer to other people in your community. So you're going to know who are the other Christian therapists. Make a list of these people. You can even note if they work with adults or children, if they work with families, if they take insurance, if they do substance abuse. You can note all those things and help your pastor to have a good list of referrals so that when people come to him, he knows exactly where to point them. Now, if you're not a pastor or a Christian therapist, there's still a role here for you. If you go to a therapist, Ask your therapist for a list of other Christian therapists. If you go to church, ask your pastor if he's done this or if you might be able to help put that list together because you're doing research on things that we've just talked about. Whatever your position is in the church or in the community, make sure there's a way that people know. Create the short list for them so that they can find the help they need. When they need a therapist, They've probably gotten to the point where it's really hard to make decisions and it's really hard to do the legwork. So if you can help somebody do that, then you are serving in the kingdom of God. 
That's about all I have for you today about finding a therapist. I hope that was helpful to you. And if you have more questions, be sure that you post them on the social media, Facebook or Instagram at Soulgrit Resources, or you can email me a question at info at soulgritresources.com. Next time, we're going to be talking about diagnoses that we see most commonly in the therapist's office. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at soulgritresources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.